Um, open them with me again to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And um, if you get to James, you've gone too far. Amen. So Hebrews and then James. Hebrews chapter 2. Amen. I'm going to be doing a lengthy teaching on Wednesday night from the first several verses of Hebrews chapter 6. Um, my humble opinion, they're some of the most misunderstood verses in all the Word of God. And so we're going to be clearing up some of that, going into the original language and presenting that to you um, on Wednesday night, live stream 7 o'clock. So just, if you've ever, those are the verses that a lot of people point to as evidence, biblical evidence that you can lose your salvation. And um, so you may continue to believe you can lose your salvation after Wednesday night, but you're not going to base it on Hebrews 6 anymore once you really understand what those verses are, are saying. Amen. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 10, um, it, says, it says this, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Amen. There's a lot that's being said in these verses, and we're going to continue to break them down and look at some different pieces of this. Let's just talk about that last phrase right there for a moment. He's not ashamed to call them brethren. Um, if you take this and, and look at other things the Holy Spirit has given to us through the apostles in the New Testament, what you see here is a, is a direct connection to Father's love and patience with us even when we're still struggling in areas of our flesh and even in areas of sin. Let's think about it just from a you know, just a, a real basic thing here, practical application to this, you know. If, if you've ever been connected with somebody who's done something that's embarrassed you, right? Um, you know, sometimes we just kind of laugh it off and say, man, you can't take him anywhere, you know. Um, because somebody has, you know, that you're connected with, that you're associated with, has now acted in such a way or or said something, you know, that maybe is offensive or, you know, out of place or, or what have you. And, um, and so when we say you can't take them anywhere, what we're really saying is I'm a little bit ashamed of this person right now. I'm a little bit embarrassed. Um, and so when it, when it says, speaking of your connection with our Heavenly Father, your oneness, your relationship with Jesus, that he's the captain of your salvation, and that you are his brother, uh, and that he is not ashamed to call you that. Um, this, to me, speaks volumes. Uh, first of all, think, think about it this way. Um, the Lord knows, the Bible says, everything about you is open before him. There's nothing hidden. I mean, he, he knows your weaknesses. He knows your struggles. He knows the... The, 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 he knows your strengths. He, know, he knows your gifts. I mean, he knows all there is to know about you, and he still loves you. Um, the captain of our salvation, 
um, those who are being sanctified and he who sanctifies. This is talking about this process of our entire being being purified. Um, we know that what's already happened at the spirit dimension of our being is a completed work. We know that our soul, the part of us that thinks and, and feels and makes choices uh, is, is a work in progress and then ultimately uh, the, the glorification of our, of our body um, is when our salvation will be complete and he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Amen. And so Father understands that, that you are a work in progress. He understands that I'm a work in progress and he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of me even if we still struggle in areas and are not as committed in other areas and should do better in other areas. Um, he still loves you this morning. That's good news. I, mean, I don't know if my microphone's on, you can hear me or not, but that's good news. That's really, really, really um, good news. Now, let me, I want to I talk to you for a moment, and one of the compliments that I've been given over the years is that I'm not a politicker, Okay. And I'm not a politicker in the sense that I don't see my role as the chief politician of this family of faith. Um, I, I am the servant leader. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to run for office. I'm not here to try to get your vote. Um, and, but also when, it's, when people say of me that I'm not a politicker is I don't get in the pulpit and talk politics, okay? And I'm, I'm not doing that this morning, and if you think that's what I'm doing this morning, then you're not hearing my heart, okay? All the way back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, Father came into the garden, and they hid from them, they hid from, first of all, they hid from one another, Adam and Eve hid from one another, and then they also hid from God, okay? And Father asked, that question now that rings throughout the ages, um, Adam, where are you? And of course, you know, Adam, God knew exactly where he was. He was asking why he had vacated his position. He says, I hid because I was ashamed, because I was naked. And then God asked, Father God asked this question, who told you you were naked? Okay. Who told you you were naked? Now, this is such a significant question because it's pointing out a very significant event. And that significant event is this. For the first time in Adam's existence, he received information and came to a conclusion about himself that did not come from God as a source. When God says, who told you you were naked, what God was saying is, I didn't tell you you were naked, so how... How did you come to this conclusion? How did you come to this reality? How did you come to this realization that you were naked? Because it, it was something that Adam uh, uh, came to. He came to believe, uh, came to understand. Uh, and therefore, that, that realization, that understanding is now, is now a key factor in, in his actions. In, in his behavior. It's not just that he came to this conclusion, it's now this conclusion is, is leading him, drawing him even further away from God. It, it's, 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 it's pulling him 
uh, away from his destiny. It's pulling him away from uh, the, the position, where are you, the place that Father God created him to occupy. Now, we see that, of course, um, I'm not here to blame this on Satan, but we know that he tempted them, and he tempted them um, by trying to find and exploit uh, weaknesses in what they understood. And I believe that he found a weakness in Eve when he told her, if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. Well, we know that she was created in the image and likeness of God. She was already like Him. But apparently she didn't realize that because now that she's seeing this fruit in a different light, and that's really important right there, she's seeing this fruit in a way that she was never meant to see it because she's listening to uh, information that is not coming from her Creator. She's, she's ultimately being led into a trap, into, into a place of deception. Remember when, he first, when Satan first asked her about the fruit, she, she knew exactly. She said, oh, no, no, the day we touch that fruit is the day we die. In other words, she knew that part and, and, and responded quickly with that. But as the enemy continued to press, uh, again, he's looking for uh, a, a place of ignorance. He's, he's looking for a place where, where she doesn't know the truth so that he can exploit that weakness in her life where she doesn't understand it, okay? And so he, here's, here's why I'm sharing that part of, of the Bible with you this morning is that Satan understands the power of controlling the information. He understands that if he can control what you hear and what you think and what you know and what you can believe that He can control you. Even if you're a born-again, spirit-filled child of God, if, if He can influence your thinking and to whatever extent He can influence your thinking, He knows that He can influence your life. And if He can influence your life, He can influence the quality of your life. He can influence the results of your life. He can influence the level of peace you enjoy or the level of peace you don't enjoy, the, 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 the misery, right? So. When we, when we talk about controlling the information, um, we, we've seen this manifest in, in tyrants. We, you know, perhaps you know, the, the greatest example of this, natural example of this that we have in our world is, is when Adolf Hitler took power and, and, and how he disbanded the media. And he knew that if he could control the information, he could control uh, the German people. And if he could control the German people, he could manipulate them into doing all the things that he did. Now, why am I telling you all this this morning? I want you to hear me, please. I want you to hear me very, very carefully, all right? Because we, we live um, in a time on planet Earth where there has never been more information available to human beings. I mean, everybody talks about the digital age. Somewhere in the, in the digital age, we lost the information age. And the information age um, is, is you know, kind of overshadowed sometimes by the digital age. But what the digital age did with the information age is it multiplied it exponentially. Okay? In other words, sometimes we don't think about it, right? But I can get more information on my watch 
right, than in, in, in a day than just a couple of generations ago had access to in a year. All right? Now, so we live in a day where there is a glut of information. All right? And I'm not trying to sound like some conspiracy theorist, but there is a conspiracy. I'm just telling you, if you don't realize that, you need to wake up, okay? There, 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 by conspiracy, I mean uh, somebody behind the scenes pulling the levers, right, to try to manipulate you by manipulating the information that, that you hear and receive and, and act upon uh, in, in, in your life. And so never has there been more opportunity on planet Earth for human beings to be deceived than the day in which we live right now. Now, some of you know this about me, some of you do not, okay? I studied journalism in college, and my degree is in mass communications. And journalists are supposed to um, operate by a set of standards, by a set of ethics. There, there's actually supposed to be an effort on a journalist's part to make sure what they're reporting, the information they're sending out over the print media or whatever is, is actually has some effort of truth, some amount of truth in it. Okay. Um, some of you know this about me, some of you don't. I worked as a 911 operator, police and fire dispatcher for the city, city of Hoover when 911 first came uh, online uh, in the late 1980s. And um, it was particularly interesting to me as a journalist to be the, the guy receiving the calls, sending the police, the fire, the paramedics to you know, serious situations, and then reading about it the next day in the paper and, and realizing just how wrong they got it. Okay? <laughs> I'm like, where, where did they come up with that? That is not what happened. I know what happened. I was right there listening to every word of it. Now, again, this was in the 1980s when the overwhelming majority of journalists actually were operating by a set of ethics and, and trying to, 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 to listen to me, please. I'm saying all this, and I maybe should have said it in, in about three minutes instead of ten, okay? Um, there's only one source of information that you can trust. I'm just telling you. And the stakes have never been higher for you as a born-again believer in whom the Spirit of God dwells to listen to that still, small voice on the inside of you. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do I know if it's true or not, the Spirit of truth? The Spirit of truth's inside you. The Spirit of truth's inside you. I'm, I'm going to, again, when I, say, when I say political, because I, I, actually, I actually got, I'm not proud of this, but I actually got deceived by this one. Okay? It was widely reported that President Bush came out publicly and said he would never support our president now, he would never vote for him in November, that, that he was against him and opposed to him, would not support him, would not endorse him, would not vote for him. And I heard that and I thought, you know, man, 
that's, that's kind of sour grapes. I don't know. What is that? Why? You know, in other words, I believed it to be true only for a couple of days later for President Bush himself to come out and say, I never said it. I, I, that's not true. I do support him. I will, right? So again, how many of you heard half of one of those, right? Again, I, I'm not, again, you say, well, you're politicking. I'm not politicking. I'm just trying to show you. You cannot trust. You can't trust it. The devil is trying, and he's not just interested in, in politics. He's interested in trying to control and manipulate every aspect of your life by controlling the information you receive, right? Never has there been a more important time in our lives and in our world for there to be men and women on planet Earth who are not hearing from Fox News or CNN or the Internet or Facebook or whatever, but are hearing from the living God who can stand up in their workplace, in their homes, in their schools, in their neighborhoods, in their communities, and say, thus saith the word of the living God. We need the truth. We need the truth. Amen. And notice how we talk about all these different attacks on our nation, our society, our... See, if, if, you, if you believed what everybody's telling us, you would think that we all hated one another. It's not the case. It's just not the case, right? I'm not saying that there aren't issues. I'm not saying that there aren't things. But let me tell you something, okay? Jesus said it this way. And I'll be honest with you. The Lord knows my heart, so I mean no disrespect in this. When he said, you'll always have the poor with you, See, I guess I'm, you know, this is the Don Quixote coming out of me or whatever. You know, so I, I want to believe that, that we can do enough good that people won't be poor anymore. But Jesus said, you're always going to have poor people with you. you what's he saying? He's saying there's always going to be, as long as there's a devil loose on planet Earth, there's going to be people, right, that, that hate other races. There's always going to be people that, that um, have, you know, crazy... I political ideas and, and believe all these different things, whatever. And there was those, that element is always going to be. We're, we're never going until Jesus comes and says it all right. And listen to me, you mark my word. Love will one day rule this planet. And love is a person. Right? And we're not going to see all this, this stuff that we see right now. And, and, and we... Oh, I don't even want to just... I'm getting stirred up now. I'm just telling you, it wouldn't hurt you just to turn that mess off for a week. Because if, if nothing else, and this is what I've, I've learned, you know, every day you know, finding out what's going on with COVID, every day what's going on with, with the riots. You know, and it's like, even if you know the truth, um, the enemy will just try to overwhelm you with so much clutter in, in your mind where you, where you can't focus and you can't, you know, again, I'm, I, years ago we had a pastor that, that stood in the pulpit and I think it was because he knew how much I enjoyed Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland and Brother Keith Moore and all that stuff. He literally stood in the pulpit. He said, I forbid you to listen to any of these men. And I was like, who does he think he is, right? You know what I'm saying? So listen, this isn't about me telling you what you can and can't watch. That's, I'm not, that's not my job. It's not my role. 
it's not, it's not, I'm not the police. I'm not the church police. Are you hearing me? But I'll tell you what my role is. My, my role is to point out to you the different threats. And the Bible says we can't be ignorant of the devil's devices and the things that he's trying to affect and, and the things that he's trying to undermine and, and, the, and the damage that he is trying to do. If you haven't figured it out by now, the devil hates this country. He doesn't want there to be an example, however, however weak and, 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 and damaged it may be at times, he doesn't want there to be an example of free markets and free people um, who, who can all have rights. And, uh, he doesn't want there to be an example of that. Uh, on planet Earth, and, and there are other reasons why I believe. Okay, last thing, last thing I'm going to tell you, and this is what I know. I don't, in the same way that I didn't know what was coming last year, I just knew something was coming that we needed to understand divine protection and the blood of Jesus and the covenant and what it meant to have the blessing of Abraham and all that. And we begin to really, really, really zero in on that. Listen, listen to me, please, okay? You, how do I say this without, I, I, just, I, want, to make, I, want, to, I want this to make sense to you, all right? Any time you see the spiritual warfare on the level that we're seeing, and to be honest with you, I don't, in my lifetime, I don't know that I've ever seen um, what uh, I'm seeing with, with the COVID, and then I don't even think he deserves to be called a police officer, but when the man wearing a police uniform murdered that man in, in Minneapolis, um, and, and again, I'm, I'm nobody's judge. But in, in my heart, there, there, there's no way that, to conceivably justify that, okay? But again, that may be the most controversial thing I've said for some of you, but listen to me again. It, it created, uh, in other words, it's not a coincidence that this country was already kind of simmering, you know, f how many million people is it? 40 million people out of work? Am I boring you? I don't want to bore you. All, all these people out of work, we've been told to stay in our homes. Um, everybody's getting restless, right? And now all of a sudden, this event was, was, was like lighting the fuse, right? A short fuse. And now there's this eruption. So I was talking to Pam's uh, uncle. He's my uncle too, but uncle by marriage. And he said... He's a, he's a believer, but, amen, he's, he kept asking me, he said, who's behind all this, though? He said, you can't tell me somebody's not behind all this. And, of course, we call him Uncle Junior. I said, Uncle Junior, it's, it's the devil. It's, it's not Republicans and Democrats. It's not, it's not police officers and Antifa. It's not, it's... Ultimately, it's the enemy that's, that's why it's so hard to, for people to put a finger on what's, 
producing all. It's, I'm telling you right now, it's the enemy. Now, you say, Pastor Mark, this has kind of been a bummer of a sermon. What, what, no, no, let, let, listen to me, please. Listen to me, please. This is what I know, all right? When, when, you, when you see the enemy acting like that, he's scared, okay? When, when, when you see him pulling out all the stops, it's because he's trying to prevent something that our Father is about to release on this earth and in this nation. If, if you think that our Heavenly Father is just going to sit back and let um, this world burn to the ground without opportunities for revival and awakening and renewal, then you, you haven't read the Word and you certainly haven't listened to His prophets, amen, that He has uh, raised up among us in these last of the last days. So we can't, you say, well, well what, how, what is, how is the devil thinking he can stop all this? He's trying to discourage you. He's trying to influence you by the information, right? He's trying to, to, to get you in fear. And he's, he's trying to get us to uh, become uh, apathetic. Do you understand that word? You know, where we just uh, withdraw within ourselves. And, and, and so again, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We know that he always pushes too far. See, even, even with this pandemic, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but my family is stronger today than it has ever been. I, I, am, I am closer to the individual members of my family, and we've, we're a close bunch. I don't mind, I'm not, I don't ever apologize for that. But there, are, you, are you hearing me? Are you with me? Am I the only one? I'm not, am I this, this weirdo hanging out here? You know, no, I don't think so. In other words, notice what the enemy meant for evil. But I've told you this over and over again, and I'll say it again. He, he runs the risk every time he brings something against us. He rolls the dice because if we don't cave in and we stand on the word and we stand in faith, all he's going to succeed in doing is making us stronger and harder to deal with the next time. And, and, and I believe that that's all that he has accomplished uh, in this with us. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I missed some paychecks. The Lord will make it up to you. Amen. We've, we've had personally some, our Pam and I's rental properties, folks hadn't been able to pay. The church, um, you'd have thought when I called our barber brother over here and told him, look, you're not working, so we don't expect you to, to, to pay the rent. You'd have thought I gave him a million dollars. And I told him, we were both crying. I told him, I said, sir, we love you. We believe in you. You've been the best tenant we have ever had. And it, you understand. So, but again, that's, that's but, but even Pam and I personally, um, enemy tried to steal a few thousand dollars from us and all this, uh, uh, this kidney stuff that Pam was dealing with. Lord's already brought that back to us. See what I'm saying? He's already brought that back to us. Amen. So we're going to stand in faith. Amen. And, and here's the thing, and I, I, 
I, there's so much I could say about this, and I had no intentions of doing this this morning, but I just felt so, not even before the service, during praise and worship, I felt so prompted that instead of waiting, I needed to, I needed to do this and, 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 um, and, and say this now, right? Um, ultimately, and if you, hadn't, if you hadn't figured this out, I'm just trying to show you, the, the enemy is trying to silence you. Okay. He's trying to silence you. And, and again, in my lifetime in the United States of America, never have I seen free speech uh, under greater threat. Um, the, 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 the amazing thing about this country is even if, if you're a bozo, you still get to share your opinion. Right? E even... <laughs> Even if, but again, the prophetic word came a couple of years ago, and I keep reminding you of this. The long game for the enemy, and, he's a, and he knows how to, he doesn't play checkers, he plays chess, okay? And the long game for the enemy is for the only sin to be in this country is the sin of what he calls intolerance. That's, that's, where, that's where the enemy's trying to push this whole nation, where the only thing that's wrong is intolerance. The only thing that's considered a sin is for you to be intolerant of somebody else's lifestyle choice. Okay. Now, this is what Jesus told us. Jesus told us that there would be conflict as the end approaches. He told us that that this world would try to silence us and would persecute us if we spoke up, right? He told us that lawlessness would abound, right? I mean, I think we're seeing some of that in this country, right? Lawlessness, he said, would abound. Wow. Wow. And we're, and we're seeing it. Amen. So, Notice, what is Jesus doing with all that? He's, he's just giving us a warning, right? He's letting us know that, that we shouldn't be shocked or surprised by any of this. Um, and then there's a lot of things he said. You can read I'm going to read all of it in Matthew 24. He also said that false prophets would abound. And they would what? They would deceive many. I think sometimes when we think of, of a false prophet, you know, we think of somebody that's prophesying things that are going to happen that in the end don't happen. Well, we've seen that, have we not? If I'm getting too political, just hear me. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to show you an example. This is not, I'm not trying to go out on some right-wing conspiracy theory or whatever. I'm just trying to show you an example. If one person in this country died from coronavirus, that was too many. But we were told two million people were going to die from coronavirus in this. See, that's a false prophet. Are you hearing me? They told us what was going to happen. So this is what's going to happen, right? Now notice, based on what we were told is going to happen, now this is what we've got to do because this is what's going to happen. Are you hearing me, right? So, but a false prophet is not just somebody who incorrectly 
predicts something that's going to happen. A false prophet is, in other words, to simply prophesy means to speak, okay? So a false prophet is somebody who is saying things that are false. And so do you see now when Jesus says in the last days there's going to be a whole lot of people saying things that are false? Jesus knew that the information age was coming and then the, the, the digital age was going to double down on top of that, right? And there was going to be lots and lots of voices. We've got to cut through the clutter. And we've got to learn to hear from our Father. Amen? got to learn how to hear from Him and, and recognize, because we have the Spirit of truth inside of us, what's true and what's not. Amen? All right, stand with me this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray for our country. You said that if your people would humble themselves and pray, turn from our wicked ways, that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal our land. Father, our land is sick. And Lord, the, the sickness is not just racism, the sickness is not just COVID, the sickness is not just hate, the sickness is deception. Father, so many, so many deceived, so many, Father, even of your own people, Lord, who have lost touch with the truth. Father, we pray for an awakening this morning. We pray for revival, Father. Lord, while we are so thankful for what we enjoy here in this family of faith, we are so thankful, Father, for what you are teaching us and showing us and, and, and Lord, the, the results that these things are producing in our lives. Father, we don't want to keep these good things to ourselves, Lord. We, we desire for others to know your word and to know your truth. For others, Father to be confident in your presence and to be confident in your blessing upon their lives, Lord. Thank you, Father, for our leaders, for our local leaders here in, in Hueytown and the surrounding areas, Father, for our county leaders, our, our health officers, Lord, for our, our governor and our, gov our, our state health officers. Father, it's not a surprise to you. you. You know and see clearly, but it would seem like the virus is spiking again, peaking again here. Lord, again, it'll not come near our dwelling. We thank you, Father, for our Congress, Lord, for our House of Representatives, our Senators, Lord, for our President, for our our judges, our judicial branch, Lord, we pray for these men and women. And Father, should there be those in these offices who will never repent, Lord, I pray that you would replace them, Lord, that 
we would get men and women of integrity, men and women who want to see not just what's best for this nation, but Lord, men and women who want to see one nation under God prosper, uh, Lord, and your purposes prosper among us. Father, I thank you that, that although the truth is under attack, Lord, that it was spoken of Jesus, that he was the light of the world and is the light of the world, and that the light shined into the darkness and the darkness could not quench it, could not overwhelm it, could not stop it. I thank you, Father, that we are children of light. We are men and women who walk in the, the, the pureness of your light and the light of your love and the light of your truth. Father, show us how to more effectively guard our hearts to not let the rampant lies that are in this world around us, Father, penetrate into our hearts and minds. Father, that we would continue to live our lives walking in the Spirit, living by faith. And Father, as we do so, the distinction between who belongs to you and who doesn't will be greater and greater and greater in this world. Father, I plead your blood over this family of faith, over every person in this room. I thank you for ministering spirits that perform your word in our lives, in the lives of our children, in the lives of our children's children, Lord, to a thousand generations. I thank you, Father, that we are your heritage, we are your inheritance, and the riches of your glory abide in us. I thank you, Father, that Jesus became sin for us so that we could stand before you in righteousness this morning with no sin to ever separate us from you again. And I thank you, Father, that we are becoming comfortable and confident in your presence, Lord, that we come boldly into a place that was previously curtained off and we were not allowed to come, but because Jesus made a way because his blood blazed a trail. We can come boldly before you and stand boldly in your presence. Father, I thank you that some 22 years ago now you raised this family of faith up. And Father, I thank you that you have great plans for us. Our best days are still ahead of us. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us understand our role Lord, our assignment, both individually and collectively. I thank you, Father, that as we continue to hunger and thirst for you, you continue to fill us with your righteousness, with your love, and with your truth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Tell somebody around you that you love them. Thank you for being here this morning. Good.